Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, June the 1st in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we're in year C and this is the day of Pentecost Sunday and on the Wednesday of the week we'd like to take a look at one of the extra passages that comes along with the ride in the Revised Common Lectionary with the other Old Testament, New Testament, New Testament letter and gospel passages. And so today we're going to actually go to Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 21. This is the story of the day of Pentecost that we will reflect on in churches all over Christendom this Sunday. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Now when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together one place. Suddenly a sound like a violent wind blowing came from heaven and filled the entire house where they were sitting. And tongues spreading out like a fire appeared on them and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven residing in Jerusalem. When this sound occurred, a crowd gathered and was in confusion because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Completely baffled, they said, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each one of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and the province of Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own languages about the great deeds God has done. All were astounded and greatly confused, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others jeered at the speakers, saying, They are drunk on new wine. But Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed them. You men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, know this and listen carefully to what I say. In spite of what you think, these men are not drunk, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what is, was spoken about through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it will be, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And I will perform wonders in the sky above and miraculous signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will be changed to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for us. So no joke, as I was recording this, um, preparing for it to be launched on Wednesday, um, a good buddy, Sean, neighbor and friend who listens to the podcast, he just texted me here on Tuesday about lunchtime. And he said, man, uh, today's was like probably the shortest when I rise ever on record. And so I don't know, Sean, like this one's on you, man. Like, I think I'm going to go longer, like, I don't know, filibuster time on the day of Pentecost because it's so... If this is long, and if you want to blame someone, don't blame me, friends. Blame Sean, because I'm just wanting to give the people what they want. 
So what can we say about Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost? And what does it mean? And all those things considered. Um, I could probably do a series of of short teachings on Acts chapter 2. Um, on the one hand, I can give this, I came across this neat teaching off Pentecost, how there's like three different symbols of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit is poured out upon the church and the different dimensions of what a move of God looks like. So we could talk about that. Um, we could talk about, um, you know, why are there like cloven tongues of fire or tongues that look like fire or fire that looks like tongues resting upon 120 Galileans that are in the upper room? Um, what does it mean that this is 50 days after the Passover? Uh, what does it mean uh, that all these types of people are there? I mean, there, there's just so many things that we can try to weave together here. Uh, but for, for the sake of brevity, of just giving a piece of manna for us today, not having to exhaust the whole topic. I'll just say this, and this is something that somebody mentioned to me. I think it was probably Dr. Hank Letterly, uh, one of my mentors, and uh, someone who got a PhD in pneumatology, which is the study of the Holy Spirit. So he is an authority that we can all trust here on When I Rise. He said, the miracle of the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 was not the speaking from the Galileans per se, but the miracle, the wonder, was actually the hearing from the diversity of people who were there listening to them praising God, right? You'll notice the reaction in the crowd. There is confusion. There is wonder. Uh, folks are wondering how this could happen since these are uneducated and ordinary people speaking in all these different types of languages. I think speaking in a foreign language as eloquently as one could in this day was probably a sign of affluence because you're able to travel abroad and study abroad. So how decentering it was that uh, these people in shabby clothes and probably you know marginal manners are speaking so eloquently, right? There's people jeering them, jeering at them as well, as we read, uh, claiming that they're drunk because there's something like ecstatic about their expression of worship at this moment. I just love how Peter says, listen, none of us can be drunk. It's only nine o'clock. You know how people say it's five o'clock somewhere? Like, I guess Peter and the Galileans, they say, you know, it's, it's nine o'clock somewhere. Um, anyways, I think the miracle is in the hearing. And why is this important? Once again, going back to Genesis chapter 11, what we covered a couple days ago, and how at the day of the Tower of Babel, where there's a diversity of tongues which brought confusion and scattering, Acts chapter 2 seems to be a reversal of what happened at the Tower of Babel. So instead of raising up a temple that would somehow upstage and replace God and push him out of the cosmos, what we have the day of Pentecost is a diversity of tongues that brings people together. So people were together as pilgrims and then those who are residents of Jerusalem from all these parts of the world, they're hearing God's message spoken, one message in many tongues. Uh, and it, it, even though it brought confusion, the confusion wasn't what they heard. It was clear about what they heard. The confusing thing was, why is all of this happening? This is stuff that doesn't normally happen. And so perhaps this is one of the hallmarks of a move of God. There is a bringing together of people. And at the same time, it's a message of gladness. It's something that it's heartwarming. It's wonder filled. But even as it's being wonder filled, it does break at the cement and the foundations of the established order. And it begins to upset things, begins to turn things over. So, um, the 
the Christian tradition that we call Pentecostal Charismatic, uh, the renewal movement, uh, started in a place called Azusa Street uh, in uh, Los Angeles area of California. And it was start by, started by a, a guy named William Seymour, who was a man who was blind in one eye. Uh, they called him One-Eye Willie. Uh, he was a Bible school student, at, actually out of a, a Bible school in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, but because Charles Parham, who was the, the Bible teacher there in Topeka, because he was a segregationist or he was racist, he did not allow, allow William Seymour, a black person, to be in his uh, place of study. And so uh, Seymour had to, actually had to sit outside in the hallway in the school with the door cracked open. And that's how we heard the lectures about the Bible. And so here is at the very beginning of the Pentecostal Charismatic Movement, you have a relatively uneducated, lower rung of society, black preacher named William Seymour, who is leading a great renewal movement. And you can hear stories of people from Azusa Street that when people from all sorts came, all sorts of people had such a profound, uh, they were profound, deeply impacted by the Holy Spirit. We had like white upper class people and black lower class people worshiping together, raising their voices in a similar song of worship and experiencing the depth of a spiritual experience at Azusa. Uh, the Pentecostal Charismatic Movement did start from the lower parts of society and it brought people together. And it was a movement from underneath and not a movement from above. And so perhaps we could say this, if you and I are evaluating, are we a part of a, a place where the spirit is moving? I guess a couple of the criteria would be, is it bringing people together? Is it bringing wonder? And is it upsetting the established order that's preventing the gospel from going forward? Now, we apply that to different zip codes where we're from, that might have some different res results. But believe it or not, uh, if you look at what happened in Genesis 11, what we talked about in Psalm 113 yesterday, is that when this God stoops low, this God re rearranges things. And he tends to enter into our world through the faces and through the message and through the actions of the poor. And so we turn towards the poor, we turn towards the marginalized so that we can witness this Christ move among us. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd breathe upon us like you did on the day of Pentecost, the people of God. Give us the ability to speak new languages that are intelligible to those around us. May there be a miracle in that people could hear the praises of God in our life, in our work, and in our worship, and in our bearing witness to who Jesus is. God, we recognize that uh, oftentimes when you come, you uh, bring people together, and you uh, inspire us with wonder, and then you also begin to turn over established orders so that the gospel can spread. So God, forgive us when we've stood in your way, when we've actually upheld those structures which prevent the gospel from going forward. We pray that you'd stir and renew us, that you give us brand new eyes to see where in the world you are working and give us a great empathy uh, for those who are forgotten about on the, um, on the other side of the room, those who are left out of the conversation. We just recognize today that that's where you linger. And so God, may we move towards those voices, move towards those stories, may we take care of those needs. God, we do pray that you brought your spirit upon all people. We thank you for this promise from Acts 2, from Joel 2, that you'd pour out your spirit upon all people, that there be a great inclusivity of those who participate and then who bear witness to the work of the Spirit. 
So we pray that you'd start within us, in our churches, in our families, in our networks. We pray that you'd bathe this world with your goodness. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.